around, talk radio. Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Theodore activates now as Stone tried to find him. He couldn't. Good back check by McKinnon there. And here he goes. Zenzo said, as good as it gets in the league, McKinnon on the fly. What's the shot? Wow. He scores! Whoa! The magic of McKinnon on display, and the Avalanche take a 2-1 lead. All's my life I has to fight. All's my life I, hard times like yeah, bad trips like yeah, Nazareth, I'm f***ed up, homie, you f***ed up, but if God got us, then we gon' be alright, right? We gon' be alright. Oh, for... Oh, March 18th, 2022. It's the day that Patty Murphy died. Oh. And it's a, a very happy St. Patrick's Day to you, sir. Top of the morning. The cream in the coffee mm. is Irish today. Mm -hmm. How are you? Good. I'm Bruce Battaglia from High Button Sports. I should also add, because you and I didn't talk about this before the show, uh, this is for... Thursday, March 17th. I'm putting this out as soon as we're done with That's recording. amazing. So, yeah. Yeah, this is your actual St. Patrick's Day episode. Sure. Well, well, ble blessed be your day. And, <laughs> Thank you, sir. <laughs> and you should have some Thank as you. well. Thank you. And what a blessed day it is, because not only is it St. Patrick's Day. It's a good day. It's a great day. Uh, March Madness tip-off. Wow. It's a good day. You know what? We didn't get this last year. No. No, we did it's not. It's been a long time running, as one Gordon Edgar Downey might say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm pumped, too, because I took uh, holidays this week. And so um, I took it with the intention of getting to watch like March Madness for a couple straight days, at least. And uh, I am happy that we're this close to tip-off, because the last time I did this, uh, a pandemic happened, and the, uh, the tournament did not. So I'm excited. For that, um, seems like very little bad can happen in the next two hours, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Did we get one the year before? Twenty. Well, I'm talking about 2020. Yeah. So 2019, yeah, it was everything was normal back then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 2020, it gets canceled. 2021, it gets canceled. No, nope, there was one last year. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, I should know that. Baylor one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you got it there, bud. You're a Baylor. Um. Fan. Now. Obviously, it, it just, this is how calendars work, and it mm -hmm. has obviously lined up with St. Patrick's Day in the past, but not since I've been paying attention, I don't think. No, I can't, I don't recall like, the year. night before, you know, day after, definitely, but I don't think it's ever actually been the same day. No. Nope. This is going to be fun. Yeah. It's, uh, uh, it's nice and early. We're getting this out of the way before yeah. the booze really takes over. Yeah, I, uh, well, I think I said to you, too, I was almost disappointed that this is when we were doing the podcast, because I, uh, I can't have beers during the podcast, it's 10 o'clock in the morning, Yeah, and this is going to be a long day of basketball, so. 32 uh, games in the next, uh, four yeah. days, so. Yeah, so I was explaining it to, uh, to a buddy of mine who's doing a bracket with us, and he is not a, a sport watcher, and, uh, so he's like, yeah, man, he's like, so when do the games start? And I'm like, well, they start at noon uh, tomorrow. He's like, oh yeah, cool. He's like, well, I'll probably catch, uh, I'll probably watch my boys Connecticut throughout the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, uh, uh, there's only going to be 16 teams left come Monday, so you might you might want to watch them sooner rather yeah. than later, because uh, your favorite. Eh? Uh, he doesn't know anything about yeah, that's it. Fair. Yeah, he, uh, his reasoning was, and I kind of like this. Uh, their mascot is a wolf. 
and he likes wolves. You know what? That that strategy that's a, alone... That's a better reason than I have to pick my winner. That so. strategy alone guarded my girlfriend like a second or third place win one year. So, yeah, good for him. Um, who you got? Who's your, who's your champ this year? Well, uh, it, it will please you to know um, that I have an all-wildcat final. Mm. Um, I have Villanova over Kentucky. Wow. Uh, the reasoning behind this is that I think this year, from what I understand, is quite open. Uh, very open. There's there's no one where it's like, yeah, there's no way they're going to lose. Uh, even the best team in the country, they're like, yeah, they're, they're flawed. Uh, so I picked my two favorite teams. Uh, <laughs> Villanova and Kentucky. They're higher seeds. They're both two seeds. Yeah. But that makes sense. That's a good call. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I went with. I can't remember who I have losing in the finals, but let's let me take a look here. You got Baylor winning? No. Oh. I have, I have Baylor going out in the final four. Oh. I just I don't think a back to back is in the books. Oh. So I'll take them as far as I can. I've got Tetra a uh, Texas Tech. Tetra, Tetra Tech. Tech. Yeah. Our company is uh, locally producing star athletes. Tetra Tech. Tetra Tech. Ontario. Uh, I got Texas Tech hmm. uh, over Villanova. I don't mind that. Yeah. Texas Tech, eh? I don't, I, I don't know. I, I don't love it. it, but... No, I could see it, though. I don't know. You could say any school, and I could be like, yeah, I could see it. Like, even when my buddy said Connecticut, I'm like, yeah, they're a five seed, but whatever. You never know. Yeah. They're actually... I was going to text them and be like, there's no discernible reason to think that that team's going to win the play, win the, win the tournament, though. Like, there's mm -hmm. nothing... They don't have a star. There's nothing about them, but who the hell knows, you know? I don't know. That's what is making... Uh, brackets harder and harder as years go on. Yeah, it makes so. March so mad. Um, so yeah, March Madness starting off today. I'm sure we're going to be uh, touching up uh, next week on, on how poorly we're doing. Um, Not me. And Perfect uh, bracket, bud. we're a hockey podcast. But I think first and foremost, we should also acknowledge baseball's back. Oh, that's true. cool. Yeah. That's good for them. Good for us as fans good for of the, the sport. Economy. True. Um, Good for Joe Biden's America. I, <laughs> that's right. America's pastime. Um, I Baseball is one of those sports where I wasn't like getting upset about the lockout potential. But if there were no baseball this spring, man, would I ever miss it. Like I, Baseball is one of those sports I think we take for granted. And then during the pandemic there, when there were no sports, but there was Korean baseball, I was like, you know what, though? <laughs> baseball does rock. Like, baseball is cool. Um, it's the sport that has the potential to manufacture, like, sort of the craziest shit, I think. Yeah. Um, like, on any given night. So, like, you could be watching a game, team could be down 7-2 going into the ninth inning. That team may still lose the game, you know? B baseball, the offseason, hmm. always fucks with me. Yeah. And, and I think this is why I, I kind of got taken aback with all this lockout talk, was because... Well, the season ends, we're first week of November, World yeah. Series, you know. And then it was like, early January, they're talking about a lockout. And I'm like, oh, they got months. Mm -hmm. And I always forget that it's like, mid-March. Yeah. When they have to, like, start reporting to camps, and even earlier, I guess, beginning of March, most most years. Uh, camp, camp is normally, like, mid-February. Wow. Training, training, uh, spring training starts... In March. Okay. Like, the actual games. But, but yeah, no, like, usually, uh, like, catchers and pitchers report, like, Valentine's Day or so. And, and then, so, like, all of a sudden, it was like, uh, oh, wow. That 
really snuck up on me time wise because I always yeah. think their off season's a lot longer than it is, and um, and then yeah, like I'm 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 going down to Toronto like that first couple of days of May, and they made the announcement that the season was going to be canceled now till April 18th, and I'm like, fuck, that's that's too close. Now I'm getting worried. I'm not going for a game per se, but I'm going down. And I was like, you know, I know, I'm in the I'm in the area, I'm in town. You know, do as the Romans do. Ah, but uh, those Torontonian Romans starts starts dawning on me like another week, and I might be shit out of luck here. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm glad they got their 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 stuff figured out. Doesn't sound like everybody got what they wanted, but the fans got what they wanted. Yeah, and aren't we what's most important? Right. Truly. Yeah. yeah. We we sacrifice the most. I would say for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Absolutely. You know, well, yeah, I mean, as someone who had to watch uh, Bobby Valentine coach the Boston Red Sox, I've suffered. Yeah. Uh, as much as I haven't suffered some years, I, I suffered a lot that one year. That was that was bad. Imagine Jays having... fans... I was going to say, imagine having one division title in uh, your lifetime. I saw someone, because of the Matt Chapman trade, uh, a guy tweeted last night, he's like, can someone explain how good the Jays are in hockey terms to me? <laughs> And and the guy respond. One guy responded, "I don't know, probably the Avs." And I'm like, "Yeah, like like I would say Avs a few years ago, more than now, because mm-hmm. there's still the question. Well, I guess there's a question mark now, so whatever." But uh, someone then replied to that, "Yeah, the Avs if Patrick Waugh were the coach." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's good actually." <laughs> I'm like, "That's about right," because I, I always forget about Charlie, you know? Yeah. It, it dawned on me last night um, that they they built this team. There was still some talk of some free agent guys that were like are still being rumored maybe to come over. And I'm thinking like this is this is sick. Like they're going out, they're spending money. Mm-hmm. Let's go. And I'm sitting like, why haven't they updated the coaching staff mm-hmm. if they're going to spend all this money? And I just part of me just loves the idea that Charlie Montoyo got hired because. It was just time to make a move, and he's gonna. We're gonna rebuild. He's gonna be the guy that you bring on. We're gonna suck for a few years, and then the kids come up, and like he's still here, and somehow he's just kind of like smiled and bongoed his way into just being like, "Here's along for the ride." You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not really gonna help you, but he's here. Um, my thing with Charlie Montoyo is like I don't I don't know that he's like an outwardly horrible manager, but. The issue with him is, and this is a significant issue in a manager, he doesn't seem to really have any idea how to use his bullpen. Mm. And that is, I'm not going to lie, probably half of a manager's job is just knowing when to pull your pitcher and which pitcher to put in. Mm -hmm. He doesn't really seem to have much of a grasp on his relievers. Now, having said that, I would also say the Jays' relievers are not very good, but I would say that that is the case for almost every team because relief pitchers are voodoo. So, yeah, yeah. you know. Well, we'll see. It's it's just nice to have the sport back, and uh, we're what uh, I guess what two weeks out from opening day. Yeah, very curious what my Red Sox are going to do. They have not made a single move other than uh, well, they brought in a good relief pitcher, but that's about there it. You so you have the one good relief pitcher in baseball. Congratulations. Hmm. Yeah. Well. Possibly good, I guess. Uh, like I said, uh, they're voodoo. Mm-hmm. So I hear, um, uh, oh, I'm forgetting his name now. Junior, mm-hmm. uh, J- uh, Jackie Bradley. Yeah, he's yeah. back. 
He's back. We cool. traded. We traded for him. That's neat. I like him. Yeah. Um, a salary dump situation. We traded uh, Hunter Renfro <laughs> to the Brewers mm. to get JBJ back. So I'm not crazy about that. But like my other thought on it is like as good as Hunter Renfro was last year. Do I really think he's going to do that again this year? Like I don't. I don't know. He hit 30 home runs and is one of the best defensive outfielders in the game. So it's hard for me to sit here and be like, oh, good trade. Uh, when JBJ hit like 188 last year or something. So, um, but I like JBJ. He is the best defensive outfielder in baseball. So, uh, we'll take that. There you go. Yeah. Allow no runs. Yeah. Score when you can. Yeah. yeah. Score when you can. Yeah. That's always <laughs> been the Red Sox philosophy, eh? We're going to finally use that big wall they built. Yeah. 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 Well, I got news for you. The other team's going to use it if you don't. Mm. So, you better fucking get out there. Um,. All right, hockey. Yeah, we gotta we gotta get this wrapped up before sure. March Madness tips yeah. off here. We've so. got uh, well, we've got quite a bit of time, yeah. like a little under two hours here, but going. you know we gotta get her done. Uh, they put our sweet boy in jail. Those bastards. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. Austin Matthews suspended two games for cross checking uh, during uh, the uh, end of the Heritage Classic, a game that I'd rather not talk about. But mm. here we are. Um, mm-hmm. Your thoughts on the suspension, first and foremost. Just the play itself. Yeah, it's two games for me. Uh, or at least a game. I mean, it's like, you know, no matter what you want to say about the situation, you can't fucking do that. You know, like, uh, whatever. Um, there are people trying to argue that, well, like, Dalene should get the same amount. Like, no, Dalene, Dalene <clears throat> was annoying and should have got a penalty. Uh, Dalene did not do anything suspendable. Before Matthews did anything suspendable. I don't know what the hell happened after. I didn't really watch. But, uh, yeah, no, two, two games for me is uh, is about right. Yeah. I, I feel like if you take a piece of... I, I was going to say wood, but they're not wood anymore. Sure. So, you take a stick... Yeah. And you hit a guy in the face or the throat area... Yeah. You should probably get something for, for that. For sure. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, uh, accident or no. Or no. You know, like... It, You're responsible. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get to hit the pedestrian with your car well, and, and be like, oh, it was an accident. Like, yeah. yeah, but you still hit the guy. So It's the main reason why they tell you not to go swinging your stick in the first place is because, hey, you might do something you don't intend to do and someone may get hurt. You are responsible so. for that stick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day. Suspension for sure. Two. Yeah. Uh, fuck, even if they went three, I probably would have. Yeah. Any more than three, I think it would be excessive, but two's good. Now, I have noticed... Hmm. That if you're not wearing blue and white, this play is typically a $5,000 suspension. Yeah, there is that too. Yeah, I get it. So, I think we can sit here and agree that this should be two two games, maybe more. Always. Always should be. But yet, time and time again, yeah. the precedent has been set yeah. that this is not a suspendable play. Mm-hmm. And we've seen guys go out there with a history... And do this stuff and, and no no suspension come down. We've seen guys go out there in, in the same situation as Austin Matthews. Who are, by all accounts, nice, sweet boys who don't take any penalties. And uh, and they don't get penalized for it. I watched Joel Edmondson break a stick over Wayne Simmons's head in the playoffs. Nigh a penalty was called. The can of worms that I think that this has opened in terms of the... And we've talked about it many times. Just the continuity. Yeah. The consistency 
that needs to come from the DOPS. Yeah. Is that this is an all-time high. And I hate to make it a thing where it's like, you know, it's the Leafs, so we're all going to pay attention to the Leafs. But don't sit there. And I've had people tell me this. Like, well, no, but we we made this same argument about St. Louis Blues players and Washington Capitals yeah. players. Like this isn't a this is just another example of a suspension where the suspension it like it's it's the opposite of what we normally complain yeah. about. Like yeah. normally the suspension doesn't make sense. This suspension does make sense. It's the laundry list of times it's happened where this has not been the result. Exactly. And you know what? Like I, I don't have the suspensions in front of me. I'm sure this play has gotten. A couple games before in the past, probably it's rare. I like I'm sure once it's happened, right? Like sure. I'm sure, but um, yeah, it's the consistency factor that, uh, uh yeah, it, there is none. I mean, there isn't any. So, like this, this is a play that I've I've seen Zdeno Chara pull off daily. He's played a lot of games. Yeah, almost every night. Yeah, and. I can't say that I've seen many to the face necessarily, but no matter what, um, like I've seen Char cross check guys in like the back of the neck, yeah, which is ar- arguably worse, maybe even yeah. when you have that and, level and of I, strength. I, I despise normally this 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 act we all do on social media when something happens and we all point to oh here's another video of it happening and it didn't get suspended and it's like okay yes you're right that one instance. It was missed. That's too bad. Yeah. This is what should have happened and it happened. But there's like close to two dozen different videos that I've, yeah. I've come across of this exact same thing. And again, I'm going to sound like the uh, pissed off Leaf fan because it's my guy. But it's just weird how how inconsistent both sides... And, and you, you put it beautifully. It, it's both sides of the argument now that we've had this inconsistency for. Yeah. When does it end? Like, when when is there more pressure on the officials in-game to prevent situations like this escalating? Because I think there's no argument that if you just call the penalty on Darlene, well, now he's in the box. He can't get cross-checked in the face. And that doesn't excuse cross-checking him in the face. Sure. But if Buddy does his job, then there's no problem. Yeah. And everyone moves forward. Because as much as you don't want to affect the game and you don't want to, you know, let the boys play and all this... You, you're out there to do a job, and it's been egregious. This season has been beyond bad. To their credit, Gord Miller highlighted the other day that a lot of officials have been injured this year. A lot of guys are done for the season. Yeah, a lot of good officials, too. A few guys have retired in the last couple of years. Yeah. And that maybe we just have shitty officials, but that's all you have to choose from. Shitty officials, and I think uh, this year has also been a breakthrough of talent. Too, which doesn't help either. Sure. Um, like scoring is way up, and scoring is up a because I think a lot of the players have got, are getting better, but b a lot of the goaltenders are uh, noticeably getting worse, and um, you know, it, it, like it just makes the game hard to call when not only is it as fast as it's always been, uh, but now the puck's going in the net all the time. Like I mean, the the games themselves are out of control, penalties aside. And so when you factor in, you know, things getting heated and you want to you want to pull the game management bullshit, uh, then, yeah, I get, I get it gets challenging. I mean, for me, my, my, my issue, I've said it before, I'll say it again, I say it every season, the solution to this is the NHL sends out a memo during the summer and says, hey, by the way, this year we're calling the fucking rulebook. 
and next year, every slash, every fucking hook gets called until we don't see them anymore. Yeah. Until guys actually play the game properly. Uh, you know, like, is that going to happen? Absolutely not. Um, but we're going to have this conversation until it does. And people are going to complain about suspensions until the rule book is called. And that's just the fact of life, so. I, I agree and I disagree on, on, on the point there that you made. Like, because we've seen this in the past where, oh, we're going to cut down on slashing this year. We're going to cut down on slashing. And they go out and they call slashing through the roof for the first two months of the season. And then, oh, it's back to the way it was. Shocker. Crazy. They all learn how to play, but they're, oh, they're still out there doing, oh, now it's the playoffs and they're doing it again. And then the problem just repeats itself. Because I'm not saying that it hasn't gotten better. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it's been eradicated from the game. There's still guys out there going out on an above average level doing this shit. It's not getting called again. And it's like it's like the roller coaster effect, right? Like it, it dips and it highs and it dips and oh this year we're gonna try to put a dip on cross checking. Okay, cool. Oh, we got the dip. Let's go back to the way things were. Yeah. And you see it time and time again. And I I want to believe every year that oh it's gonna stay, it's gonna stick, and it just doesn't for some reason. I don't know what that reason is. Well, it's a multitude of reasons, but I don't really know if we need to get into the whole... We've talked about it before, is kind of what I'm getting at. Like, we've had this conversation. It's 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 on the league, it's on the officials, uh, it's on the league to be on the officials. Um, you know, and until we all uniformly sing the same song, uh, it, this is going to continue happening, and... and do I think it is as easy as them making the change? Yeah, I actually do. I think it's a lack of effort on the league's part that it continues to go back to what it used to be. Because, um, I don't know, I've coached minor hockey for 10 years. They bring in a new rule and you don't see the play anymore. Hmm. That's Those are kids. Those are not professional athletes. So, um, do I think it's possible at the NHL level? Yeah, I have a hard time believing it's not. But, um, it's up to the league to do something about it. And yeah, they don't... They don't care. I do wonder, too, like, uh, minor hockey, you know, you've got, by all accounts, like, adults refereeing children. Mm -hmm. I do wonder, like, how much of a a presence, a rookie official, a two-year official out there, you got Jason Spezza barking back at you. You know, oh, I've been in the league 20 years, this isn't how it, you know... Oh yeah, okay, gee, maybe I'm the problem, you know, says the rookie well, the rookie ref. Not that that makes it right. It's but. the same as rookie athletes too though. Some guys go in the league and have that focus and are able to dial in and are able to become a professional from the minute they get there. And some guys can't cut it. Some guys get nervous, some guys get uh you know, like like I've always thought about this, like how would I feel <clears throat> if I were a good hockey player and I had no sort of like you know, psychological training before I got to the league, and all of a sudden I'm playing in front of 18,000 people on a Saturday night at Air Canada Centre with hundreds of thousands, millions of people watching me on TV. Mm-hmm. You tell me you wouldn't you you wouldn't get nervous at all. You know what I mean? Like some guys do, some guys don't. Um, but I think that's a large difference in between the guys you see stick around and the guys that don't. Is the guys that can that can cut it. It's the same thing for officials. You know, you work, you work, you work to get there, and maybe when you get there, maybe you can't cut it. You know, who knows? Glenn Hall threw up before every game he played. Nerves, well, baby. It's because he was a drunk. Oh, that too? Yeah. I, don't um, know, I don't know that. 
Respectable and all. Did you watch the outdoor game? No. No? Oh. oh. I watched like, I don't know, I watched like half a period, I think. I thought they did a pretty good job. What was it, this considered... past Sunday? Yeah. I watched golf, honestly. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I thought they did a pretty good job. Uh, it was neat seeing hockey in Hamilton again. 97 years since we've had a regular season game in Hamilton, Ontario. Yeah. So, um, felt bad for the Buffalo Sabres, who were the home team, and yeah. uh, were not the home team in, in many of the same ways. Well, they didn't seem to care. Um, I liked the jerseys. I thought everyone looked really nice. It was really clean. And then, uh, and then the Buffalo Sabres went out there and made a mockery of uh, of, of the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. or the Toronto Arenas, I guess. We'll we'll put an asterisk on on them embarrassing the Maple Leafs. Did you end up liking the jerseys? Yeah, when when they were on the ice yeah, and everything, it looked a lot better. Yeah. I don't. It's one of those jerseys where, like, I don't know if I want it for my collection because I don't know if I'm going to be able to wear it and make it look like a nice jersey. But like on the ice, they I were great. I think. Like, there were people being like, oh, they should wear it as a third. Hmm. No, it, it is, at the end of the day, a stripe and a T. Um, <laughs> but on the that ice, dark, I was like... That dark blue is nice. Yeah, no, like, it, it, it was very clean jersey for an outdoor jersey. I think it's fantastic. Not a jersey I need to see as a yeah. repetitive... If they wanted to keep that feature. blue around moving forward... Yes, sure, the blue was sure. the blue was nice. Now, did you, did you end up hearing the story about, you know, how they had the arenas in the background? No. There's the white tee, and then they, they had, like, Well, I know, I know about that, yeah. but I don't know the story. Apparently, the Leafs' plan was to just go with the white tee. And they came to the league and said, here's our jersey. And the league had to, like, explain to them how uh, licensing works, and that you can't just put a letter on a jersey and, like, own it. That the amount of copyright jerseys, mm. the forgeries that are going to be made from this, and there's nothing we can do about it, because it's literally just going to be a white tee with a guy's name on the back. Uh, so they're like, yeah, you, you got to put something else on there. Gotcha. That, that makes it your own. So they're like, oh, we'll just make it the same color so that you can't see it from the, your television sets. And it's like, yeah, it's... Because it would have looked a hell of a lot better if you didn't, like, how come the A fell off in the background there and just left the glue mark? Oh, that's weird. Hmm. But, yeah. So I thought that was a neat little story. Yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, a 5-2 win for the Sabres. Uh, Peter Mrazek looking not too good. Uh, as he hasn't all season. Color me shocked. Uh, I want to. I want to get your opinion on this real quick, and then we'll move on. But Cam- Jack Campbell out for a couple weeks, and we, we've had the talk about the Leafs goaltending. And uh, what a Jack Leafs again? Hey, what yeah. is this freaking hockey central? A freaking Leafs bias True. again? Yeah. Oh, wow. Now join us for the Pat Quinn hour as we <laughs> honor the late great Irish. Um. No, but uh, we we've made comment about the Leafs goaltending woes in in, in the recent uh, past. Jack Campbell injured; he's going to be out for at least another week, week and a half, maybe longer. Um, he wasn't doing great before he got hurt. I'll, no, I'll come out and say it. Peter Morazic has been awful. Uh, much has been made about them. You know, will they? Won't they? Go out and get a guy. And then Eric Jalgren goes in, in net the other night, and he's going to play again tonight, and he posts a shutout. He relieves Peter Mrazek a couple nights before. Wow. Doesn't allow a goal in regulation. Is he potentially causing more problems than he's solving? Like, if the Leafs... Who's it, Shogren? Shogren. 
Like, if the Leafs have just lost, like, five games in a row now and Campbell's still out, is is Kyle Dubas on the phone yesterday getting whoever to come over? Or now is he kind of like, well, it's, we're five days out. I really don't know what I have in this kid, but he's played well in his very limited role. Yeah. He's going to have a big test tonight against Carolina. Even if he loses, you're going to look at this game and say, oh, Carolina, top team. You know, how did he perform at the end of the day? Now you're going into the weekend, a lot of uncertainty. you got to make up your mind come Monday. I I don't wonder if, if he's actually maybe stirring the pot a little bit in, in the sense that now maybe Kyle Davis doesn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, I mean, I've talked about it before, and I understand why maybe it's not the popular opinion, but uh, Shalgren is the perfect solution for me. Like, I... I I don't understand why you would go out and give up like a second and third round pick to get a goalie that's played 250 games in the league and is a career fucking 906 or something. Like, like who who are they going out to get that we really think is going to fix this? Like, they're, they're going to go out and trade for... Like, I get flurries out there, right? But if Flurry's not moving, who who is it you're going to get? You're, you're Laurent Brassois? Like, who is it that we're fucking trading for? So, uh, for me, I've already said it, I would rather bring in the unknown um, and see what he can do than bring in a guy that you know sucks, hoping that they get better mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Um, it's just never made sense to me. Like, And when we talk about Shogren, like you talk about a, a professional, it's not like we're talking about like a 20-year-old kid who had a good first game. We're talking about a guy who has played professional hockey for quite some time, just not in the NHL. Um, to me, that is who you'd rather have in net. Um, I've seen some breakdowns of Shalgren's game the other night that are, like, slightly concerning, but um, he made 35 saves on 35 shots. And Kyle Dubas is no stranger to going out and, like, I'll, I'll give you a third-round pick and, and this guy's going to be the backup at best. Uh, he did it with David Riddick last season mm-hmm. when there was some concern about Freddie Anderson, Jack Campbell's health, and he he just he had that realization that I need to have something um, if these guys get hurt again. And David Riddick didn't see a minute of playoff time, and it, you know what? Call it a wasted pick, but the alternative, yeah, probably costs Kyle Dubas his job. It's good to have it. Um, like, where? Let me ask you something. Where is Hutchinson? Not good. Oh, he's just having, like, a horrible year kind of thing. Oh, it's been a bad oh, okay. couple years for sure. Well, yeah, no, I'm just, I'm more or less lost where, um, like, even without Hutchinson, the Leafs have, like, four goalies technically. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily saying, oh, wow, we have four goalies. Like, I'm, I'm not saying it, like, proud, but they have four guys that theoretically they could play. Um, where, like, I don't know that I would say, other than Morazic that last year's David Riddick feels me makes me feel better about our goaltending situation this year. Yeah. Like, I, again, I, I know I keep saying it. Who are we getting that... Like, Anton Forsberg? Yeah, I get it. He's having a good year. Mm-hmm. He has uh, historically been bad. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to trust that this is the year? No, it's maybe he's had, like, 15, 20 good games in Ottawa, and a change of scenery is not what he fucking needs, is my thing. Um, I, I'm not going to blame Dubas for going out and trading for a goaltender. Like, if he wants to do that too, 
I think Shogren is your better option than than most out yeah, there. Yeah, I'm like I said, I'm I'm pretty much in agreement with you. It's very possible the kid it's, gets lit up for six straight it, games yeah, here too. It, that, it's just the timing, um, right? Because you've got to make your mind up. Yeah. In three days, and it's like, well, the kid's gonna have three games at most come Monday, so all of a sudden there's no going back come Tuesday morning. So. You ride and die with what you got, and if you find out what you got isn't going to cut it, you well, know, you might be looking for a new job come the summer. It's it's tough because a lot of the teams, like there's a lot of teams in the West that are still in the hunt, so I don't know what goalie you go out and get there. And then teams that are out in the East, like Columbus still wants a second and a third for Jonas Corposalo. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, based on what some of the guys have been going for, uh, which we'll get to in a bit, uh, I maybe don't think they're as crazy as they sound anymore. Like, I've said it before, like, you drive the market. Like, you can ask whatever you want for whatever player you want, and, yeah. and Ben Sherratt proved that you may eventually get it. But, Jonas Corposalo is, like, probably the worst fucking goalie in the NHL. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about here? I know, fucking Peter Mrazek's in the NHL. Technically, yeah. Yeah, for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to ask you this question, but it kind of it kind of relates now, so I'll I'll just bring it up. I was I was going to pose to you in a bit here. Um, we've been talking a lot about guys that have been rumored to get traded. I wanted to get your opinion on a guy that you'd like to see get traded, and one Feel the thrill. Well, one name that for me kind of connects to what we're talking about right now. I'd like to see Craig Anderson get traded. I'm not saying necessarily to the Leafs, mm. but no. give give the 40 year old no. guy. Like, even if he's a backup on a cup run, give him a shot. That dude fucking rocks. 300 Good wins. Good dude, yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, what he's gone through in his personal life to get to where he is. Career backup till he was, like, 30. I'd love to just see him get on a team. Fuck, be Calgary's backup. You know, just shoot the shit with the boys on the bench or something. See how far you get. Like, I have to be honest with you. Craig Anderson now makes more sense to me than Peter Morazic did in the summer. There it is. Like I'm, I'm not rooting for the Leafs to get him, but like yeah. the other thing with Anderson is like he's played well at 40. Mm-hmm. Like he, he's, he's as he's aged, not gotten much worse. So he is the rare outlier where it's like, yeah, if you go out and trade, yeah, I don't, I don't know, maybe. He's the one where it's like, yeah, he might catch lightning in a bottle because he's had it before. Mm-hmm. But like to go again, to get to go back, to what I'm saying, like, you know, Martin Jones hasn't been good for a long time. Why are you gonna go out and get him? Hey, that's you know? uh, my Vesna Award winner from 2018, mm-hmm. Martin Jones. Mm-hmm. Sorry to hear. How dare you? I mean, like the one, the one for me for the Leafs that that got hurt. That you know, it kind of sucks now because I don't think you should trade for him anymore. Is James Reimer. Um. Who's, who's got some injury problems right now. I thought he just came back off the IR yesterday. Maybe he just did. Yeah. He was week to week last I checked. But yeah. I thought, I could be wrong, but okay. well, it was his birthday. Happy birthday, James Reimer. Happy birthday, James yeah. Reimer. 34 for uh, 34. 30, wow, 34. You know what I just found out, too, when I looked up his hockey DB page? Uh, Peter Morazic, 30. Hmm. I thought he was older. It just feels like he's been around longer than that. Okay. Uh, his numbers worse than I thought. This year, Peter Mrazek. Yeah, worst, uh, worst numbers for a Leaf goaltender since the nineteen eighties, I believe. I thought eight eighty nine at worst. He's an eight eighty four. Yeah, terrible. He's got a ten six record though. 
Getting your wins. Yeah. Getting the wins, you know? <laughs> that's, the, that's the best, too, eh? Like, everybody bitching about how Campbell hadn't played well there. It's like, he won, like, tw- like ten starts in a row or something mm-hmm. there at one point, eh? And just like, fuck, he sucks. Yeah. Really, I actually hadn't noticed, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> He's been, we've been winning. We have been winning. Um, you mentioned Phil Kessel. Yeah. I think that's a universal guy where you'd like to see him get moved. Um, get our get our guy out of Arizona for the love of Christ. Um, he's not resigned there this summer. I don't know if I don't know if they know that. The Arizona people. Phil the Thrill's not he's don't not selling see. hot dogs at the ASU stadium. No, nope. you know. And, so uh, he's been a very good sport about everything in Arizona, I think. So where do you want Phil to go? You can Phil. trade Phil Kessel. It's the third time we've talked about this, but is it really? Where do I want him to go? Well, Toronto. Um, oh, but wow, where, okay. where, like, well, like, come on! I was against the trade from the get-go. So, uh, Toronto would be cool. Where do I think? Uh, like outside of Toronto, I don't know. Like I said, the Rangers before, but I'm I'm cooling on that because they've they're not very good, mm-hmm. uh, and they're kind of getting worse. So, I don't know if that's my answer anymore. You know what would be cool? I don't know if they have the means to do it. But honestly, Pittsburgh. That's never going to happen. I don't. I doubt it, but... I think Evgeny Malkin might go on strike uh, if you do that. Ah, yeah. true. But he's gone next year, so if you piss him off now, who cares? You know what I'd like to see? Mm. Calgary? Let's, let's get him reunited with where it all the magic began and send him off... To play with Tyler Bozak in St. Louis. Oh, fuck, bud. Yeah. Uh, well, good news and bad news. Yeah, that'd be cool. Tyler Bozak, uh, season possibly over. Oh, no. Unfortunately. Oh, yeah. I hadn't heard that. He had some sort of a lower body injury last week. He is going to miss at least a month, they say. Hmm. Yeah. All right, fuck it. Send him to, uh, send him to L.A. Put Phil on, on L.A. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool too. That would be cool. Phil could play Probably just about anywhere, anywhere, and I would be like, "Yeah, yeah you know what? Sure, good call." Like uh, basically any playoff team, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's do it." Um, Vegas. Real quick, Alex Ovechkin, all-time scoring European player now, past Yarmer Yager. Hmm. Uh, did you happen to catch the video that Yarmer Yager made uh, no. congratulating him? No. Yeah, you know what? That Yager, he's good for a laugh. I'll give him that. Yami Yags, he's a, they he's gotta, a funny guy. When yeah. he if he ever retires, they got to get that guy. <laughs> Into some sort of, like, promotion job with the NHL. Put him on the TNT panel or something. Like, that guy'd be great. I thought you were going to say hyperbaric chamber. I'm like, yeah, we could do that, I guess. Uh, No, he he came out. Big, big video. They played it in the uh, Verizon Center, whatever it's called now. Capital One building, something like that. Uh, Yo, hey, Alex, congratulations. You're now the all-time leading European scorer. But, hey, I haven't retired yet. <laughs> and maybe one day oh, I'll man. be chasing you. Oh fuck, yeah. that's good actually. Good stuff from you. Good, go good for Yager. All right, uh, trade deadline coming up quickly Monday. You know what they should do with Yager is get him on <laughs> NHL on TNT. Sure. Right. Like we always talk about having these. Didn't like, I just say that they should put him on the TNT panel. Did you just say that? I thought I did. Oh, I heard you say promotional. I didn't hear the NHL. Well, I think I said both. But yeah, no, yeah, you know, yeah. we are right. We are correct. Yeah, that's what they got to do. They, you've been hunting for like a, a fun star. He's the closest thing you got. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Anyway. Um, deadline. Deadline yeah. day. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Three days out? Four days out? Something like that? Fair what most. day is it? Monday. Um, and already, as we see every year, to, uh, to the... Horror of James Duffy's eyes. 
the trades have started to trickle in. Um, so a couple that we're obviously going to talk to, there, there's some extensions as well that you know, obviously get mixed in with that uh, uh, as this as this day approaches. Um, so we'll just go through this quick because we don't want to do all the trades on, on our next episode. That would be a lot of work, wouldn't it? So, um, I missed this one. This is going back a bit, okay. uh, but, but I thought it was weird. Uh, Alex Stalock got traded mm -hmm. back to San Jose. Yeah. Is he going to play again? Um, I don't know where they're at. Like, like, I, I don't know where his recovery is at. Yeah. No, that's that's why I was just kind of confused. Like, I know I know he was cleared to make a comeback. Yeah. I don't know that it's uh, closer to ready or if it's more like a Ben Bishop situation where it's, like, probably not going to happen, but they might try it anyway. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know if he's got, like, family back in San Jose, and that's, that's the only reason they're just kind of moving that's him. That's where he spent a lot of time. I mean, the other thing with San Jose, too, is in theory they're going to move a goaltender. Mm -hmm. So, if you're just looking for someone to throw in that on the back half of the year, and you do it with a guy who spent a lot of time there... Yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. sure. I, I, I'm not sure, really. Just caught me off guard. I, I thought for some reason he was confirmed never playing again type of situation. Wasn't he in Edmonton? Yeah. Odd team to move a goaltender. Oh, you have to imagine. Yeah. Well, that get particular worse, goaltender I would get moving the, some of the yeah. other ones. but. All right. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche made a couple of splashes uh, oh. uh, the last couple of days. Joe Sackick. Apparently he wants uh, the man. another cup. Yeah. Uh, he got, went out and got Josh Manson, 50% uh, retained, mm -hmm. from Anaheim for Drew Hellison. Mm-hmm. And a uh, second round pick next year. Mm -hmm. That's what Josh Manson's going for. Yep. Yeah. Remember the days when it was uh, him for Nylander, one for one. Yep. How how fall how far the mighty have fallen, mm -hmm. you might say. Um. It's a lot to pay for a third pairing defenseman. Mm. <laughs> Not as much as other teams are willing to pay, apparently. Yeah, but. but... I I think Josh Manson on the right in the right system is more than a third pairing defenseman. I wouldn't But like, like he's, he's not gonna pass those guys in the No, like anyway, that like that's so. the thing. He's gonna play third pairing minutes, but he's going to probably be the best third pairing defenseman in the NHL now, I I would think. Mm. Like he he's 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 good. He's not he's not great. Not great. Um You know, like it was one of those things where like Earlier in the year, everyone uh, on Leafs Twitter was like, oh, I would move heaven and earth to get uh, Josh Manson. I'm like, well, I would have a few years ago, but now, no. Hmm. Uh, I would definitely take Josh Manson. He's better than, like, Justin Hall, for sure. But, um, I, don't, I don't know. I like the trade, and I, I don't think it's a lot to give up. I think that uh, he, he makes your blue line better, and as much as everyone talks about Colorado being so good... Uh, their their third pairing has not been mm -hmm. so. Uh, Josh Manson fills a major need for them. I, I like it a lot. Fair enough. It, it is feeling a need. I'll say that much. Um, Jack Johnson was playing regular minutes for the team. Yeah, that's that's true. Not uh, good. Don't get me wrong. Very bad. And you're probably paying one of those assets for the for the retention there on the fifty percent. So yeah. Um, 
Could have been worse, I suppose. Uh, it was worse for other teams, as we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sticking with Colorado, they pick up Nico Sturm from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Tyson Yost. Uh, tough year for Yost. This is, uh, by all accounts, a salary dump. Um, you say Yost, eh? I think it's a hard J. I don't think it's a soft J. I've heard both. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, yeah, know I don't think believe. I've ever heard soft J. Okay, fair enough. Hmm. Continue. Uh, Tyler, Tyson J-O-S-T. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know the guy we're talking about, eh? Hey, folks. Uh, the Wild uh, the wild taking a taking a chance on the guy, you know, former top yeah. 10 pick, I want to say. Um, he's he's got another couple years after this on the deal. Nico Sturm would have been a free agent. Oh, yeah, look at that, 10th overall. Um, so, like, I get it. I don't really know if this helps Minnesota this year. I definitely don't know if this helps Minnesota come the second round if they run into the Colorado Avalanche. <laughs> but I guess we'll find out. Joe Spitzer style, I think. Like he He absolutely does. Yeah. He's a defensive forward that provides no offense. Mm-hmm. Um they have lines where if you put him on, he'll make sense. And and I think he does have the ability to score, even though he hasn't done it at the NHL level yet. Um I don't know. Yeah, I, li- I like the trade. I mean, the one thing you know about him, like, good guy. Notoriously good guy. Um, I I like the trade, honestly, for Minnesota. Because even though I... Well, I like it for both teams. Uh, even though Nico Sturm's been solid, Nico Sturm definitely is what he is. Whereas I think there is... Untapp- cheaper. Yep. Yeah. Che- cheaper, and, he- and he's good. Um, but there's untapped potential, I think, in Jost, so... Uh, I think the trade makes sense for both teams. I gotta tell you this much. Hmm. I agree with everything you just said, mm-hmm. except for the fact this does not make a lot of sense to the Minnesota Wild when you consider they just added uh, $1.3 million next season to a cap situation that is not good. Yeah. <laughs> this is just more money they're gonna have to shell out somewhere else now. Because Nico Stern would have left, he's a free agent. And you don't want to lose an asset for nothing, I get that. But I think it's more so that to get a player of Jost's caliber, they were worried that they were going to have to pay more than $2 million for someone oh, like absolutely. that next year. Yeah. Um, so, it, like, I get that it's adding cap to a team that doesn't necessarily have the cap space to work with. I'm excited for this summer. I'll say that much. Yeah, well, I, you know, the, and the thing I've said many times before, I don't think Bill Guerin is a good general manager. So really? I'm curious about wow. that. No, not not mm. at all. Like, at, at Shocking. all. Yeah. Uh, Dean the, Evison, good coach. The New York Rangers pick up Frank Vitrano from the Florida Panthers yeah. in exchange for a uh, 2022 fourth-round pick uh, conditional. Uh, Rangers have both their fourth and Winnipeg's, so the lower of the two will go to Florida. Okay. Yeah. Nice little snag by the Rangers. Yeah. yeah. Don't don't Especially mind if you have the assets to he, spare. He's expensive for what he brings, yeah. but um, he... I think they have the money on Broadway. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. could probably afford it. For sure. I think. Vitrano can shoot the puck, um, you know, like really well mm-hmm. for a guy that is like a maybe fourth line winger, like possibly third if you're really, really desperate. But, but because he can shoot the puck at that level, like if you were to put him with Panarin... Like, you never know, actually. Um, I like the trade. Good trade. Good get. Now, I know what everyone's thinking. Mm. Oh, and I, and I like the trade for Florida because it clears up some cap space. Yeah. And then they can do something good everyone's, and smart Everyone's with wondering space. what they're going to do with all that money they just saved. Yeah. Well, we didn't have to wait long to find out because uh, they spent it mm. paying half of Ben Sherratt's salary. 
which half of Ben Schrott's salary, playoff team, okay, someone was going to do it. Maybe you had your heart set on Josh Manson and you had to go with your second option. This probably cost, what, like a third round? Uh, it says here, Ty Smelaniak, uh, 2022 <laughs> fourth round pick uh, that they just got from the New York Rangers for Frank Vitrano. Oh. Uh, and a 2023 first round pick, uh, which is conditional, um, in the event that the Panthers retain their 2022 first round pick, which they had previously traded, uh, which they won't because they're going to make the playoffs. Um that would go to the, I guess the Habs, uh, and it'll get bumped back to like 2024. It's confusing. But uh, essentially, they traded a first-round pick, uh, the only asset they got for Frank Vitrano and Ty Smolniak uh, in exchange for Ben Sherratt. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know what the price of every other player is going to be come Monday because this just set... A new standard that I thought was unfathomable. Yeah. This guy's worth a third at best. If, if, if you said, well, we had to give up the second because uh, he's 50% retained. Sure. I'll, I'll believe it, I guess. I could understand a second. Yeah. An unprotected first for a team that has a lot of question marks last year, next year. As mm-hmm. good as they've been this year. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think people really get short-sighted when... Some teams come along and they're they're super fun and super likable like the Panthers are. Uh, they have a lot of players who are having like a career best season right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. is my problem. And um, they do have a coach that has never coached at the NHL level. Mm-hmm. Um, they have right now two, two not very good goaltenders. Uh, I think the Florida Panthers are going to be really good next year. Wouldn't be shocked if they take massive steps back, however. So an unprotected first is uh, very scary to me for the Florida Panthers. Like, mm-hmm. that, that is terrifying that it's Ben Sherratt that you're getting for that. Maybe for Claude Giroux, I would have been like, okay. Yeah. An unprotected first is unfathomable to me for just about anyone on the market. Yeah. Um, having said all that... Uh, I don't know if you're going to like this particular part of my take, but Ben Sherrod is sort of your perfect uh, playoff defenseman in the fact that he takes a lot of penalties, and penalties don't exist in the playoffs for guys like Ben Sherrod. I remember so, something about that yeah. last playoffs. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's that's not me being bitter. He just genuinely is the type of defenseman that is successful in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the other side of that is you also have to be good at defending on top of that. he He isn't great he's not awful like i wouldn't i wouldn't say like he's got the j fresh zero percent wins above replacement uh evaluation you know like which would Im- imply that he's among the worst players in the league really i don't i don't think he's that bad um having watched and written about him in winnipeg for years but he isn't he isn't worth a first round pick under any circumstance like it, it's just it's not defensible to me. Um, I understand that he could be the piece that helps you win a Stanley Cup, but that could is like really, really distant for me. There, this is a team that's got bigger fish to fry, in my opinion, 
Like you, you've got bigger holes in your lineup that you should be trying to address. And if you wanted, <laughs> well, and even even what you said though, right? Like they need a second pairing left-handed shot defenseman. Is Ben Sherratt your set? Like Ben Sherratt is a third pairing defenseman that could play borderline second pairing minutes. You're being generous now, right? Like, 14, 15 minutes in the playoffs, I think, sure. But this trade implies he's playing 18 to 22 minutes a night. Mm-hmm. That's a lot for Ben Sherratt. I, I just, I have a hard time believing you you couldn't take Vitrano and a first and whatever else and get something better. Because that's what you essentially you've done. You've traded Frank Vitrano for Ben Sherratt along with the first round pick and Ty Smolik. Yeah. That package gets that's, you... That's fair. It's got to get you something better than that's Ben Sherratt. I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying I have an answer here. I don't know what the price I'll Hampus Lindholm is these days, but you you tell me you couldn't you couldn't go out there and just get Zdeno Chara? <laughs> Literally, though. You know what I mean? Like, well, not not ooh. what they need per se, but if hmm. you're going to go and get Ben Sherratt... May as well go and get a yeah, guy that does I get, the exact same thing. I get what you're saying. I wouldn't want to get Chara and play him the way that you're going to play Sherratt. Yeah. But I wouldn't want to get Sherratt and play him the way you're going to play yeah, Sherratt. There it is. So, yeah. um, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, to go back to what you kind of touched on there, I don't necessarily think that Hampus Lindholm is uh, a god. I think Hampus Lindholm's a... Very good top four defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like ve- like if he's your third best defenseman, that rocks. Like he he's good. I would have given up quite a bit to get him if I were Florida. Half retained too, which I think Lindholm makes around five. So that'd be two point five against the cap. And I mean on that on that front too. And I'm not saying they're not going to, but has the price on Chikrin skyrocketed or something? Because like I don't know why. Like, they've been the team right from the get-go, where it's like, yeah, they're going to get Jacob Chikrin. Are they still getting him? Because uh, right now, Ben Sherratt's the second-pairing left-handed defenseman. Mm-hmm. Like, where, where, what's going on with Chikrin? I, I don't know. You're you're right to be perplexed by it. Um, but it's, it's honestly maybe the first move that Bill Zito's made where I'm sort of skeptical. So I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt here. Maybe there's another move coming yeah and, and maybe Sherratt plays better there like you never really know until a guy sure. gets in the lineup but I find it hard to believe having yeah. watched him for years for a first place team with what you would expect to be limited assets you got to think this is the end of their of their deadline like they maybe yeah maybe you go out and get a, a depth forward but I don't know how much more they have to spend they don't have a first this year they don't have a first next year yeah like what did they trade the first this year for it's remember? it's like uh, protected somehow as well. Um, it doesn't say here, but it's gone, gone. Like yeah. they don't have it. It's top ten protected. So in the event that they they would keep it this year, if it's a top ten pick, but it's out the door um, to whoever they gave. I don't know. That's that's a great question. Reinhardt. I'm gonna I'm gonna answer you. It must question be Reinhardt eh? right now. Where is Florida? Florida. Hello there. Down in the F's, right where you belong. Uh. Pick traded away July 24th, 2021 for Sam Reinhardt. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's Devin that's Levi and a first for Sam Reinhardt. Reinhardt's been really good. Sure. Like, like sure, you know what? Yeah. I, I, 
it sounds like a lot, but I would still take that trade if I'm Absolutely. Florida. That's a good Absolutely. trade. Um, and then coming in real late last night, well, not real late, but late enough, mm-hmm. um, the uh, Calgary Flames went out and got Cali uh, uh, Yarncroft. Ah, Cali Gary. Uh, in exchange for a uh, Florida's second round pick this year. Ah, Florida. Uh, Calgary's third round pick next year. And Calgary's seventh round pick two years from now. Uh, Ron Francis playing the long game. <laughs> um, you know what? Like, uh, he's not going to move the needle a ton for me in Calgary. But, like, if that's what you gave up to get him, sure. You know, I guess. Like, they're they're bulking up for a run here. Middle six guy. Yeah. So, when, when I first... Like, I'm not huge on Cali Yarncroc, but he's obviously a good... How could you be? He's obviously a good defensive forward. Like, you know, there, there's no denying that. And then when I kind of thought about Calgary's lineup and realized that he's basically going to be playing with Coleman and Backland, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. That, that does have a um, Tampa's third line ring to me. Uh, mostly because it has Blake Coleman on both of them. Um, but I mean, like, Backlund is a similar player to Yanni Gord. Yarncroc is probably a better Barkley Goudreau for me. Uh, like, I'm not very high on Barkley Goudreau either, but um, I like the trade. Like, the more I think about it, I actually, I think he fits in really well in Calgary. Um, you know, because, like, the one thing Calgary doesn't really need right now and it, it's easy to say until you do need it, uh, is goal scoring. Like, they, they don't really need it right now. They've, they've got a lot of it. Um, so, to go out and trade for another Tyler Toffoli type, but worse, wouldn't make a lot of sense to me. It's to get a to, to get a yarn crock or something like that um, makes more sense to me. So, um, yeah, I, I like this trade for, for Calgary. I actually don't know what they gave up to get it. What, what did you, what did they say? What did they get? <laughs> Uh, F- Florida's second round pick. Florida's this second year. round pick. Yeah, yeah. Their own third year after, and their own seventh year after that. It's a lot, but I I do think that it's going to make enough of a difference that it's worth it. I no, I would agree. Like that's that's just it. Like they still have their own second round pick this year. Like you have that extra pick lying around. You're yeah. gonna do something with it. This is probably as good a guy that you're gonna pull back as a result. And I don't know if you saw last night they were talking about how he's like his he's cousins with Elias Lindholm. Oh, cool! Yeah, they're like first cousins. They're from the same hometown as Jacob Markstrom. Oh, like, so they're all buddies. Yeah. So they'll get him nice and cheap next. Probably. Year. Yeah. So here's where I'm confused with Callie Yarncroc. Didn't Callie Yarncroc sign like a like a seven year contract with Nashville like a couple years ago and now he's a free agent at the end of the year? Uh, Am I yeah. thinking of the wrong player? I, I don't know. I thought him and Sisson signed right fucking long deals. He signed a deal in twenty six a six year deal in twenty sixteen for twelve million dollars. It's over already. Yeah. Wow, okay. That's oh. how time works. Okay. That's yeah. that's cool actually. Cool. Um I think that's it. Unless something has come in, in like the last couple of minutes, I think that's it for the trades. Uh, not not that I know yeah. of, but I'll check my Twitter as well as you check yours. Um, Frank Cervelli reporting that, uh, according to Mark Giordano, his uh, preferred destination is with his old buddy, TJ Brody, in Toronto. Oh, shit. 
We'll Let's go. We'll, we'll see if anything comes of that. Let's go. Um, before we move on to our, uh, is it our top ten? Oh, yeah, there's one more thing we're going to talk about. Um, real quick, there's been some signings that we thought we'd yes. touch on. Yes, yes. Uh, I'll start back here. Uh, we'll try to keep this brief. Jared McCann, Seattle, five years, five mil. Their first notable yeah. transaction as a franchise. It's fine. Yeah. Very, uh... Very William Carlson esque from from one Vegas. Yeah, you, know, you got to sign somebody for the fans to yeah, get behind. Yeah, it's and... it's fine. Okay, I agree. Rasmus Ristolainen, five years at five point one million dollars per Risto. Risto. This was a hundred percent one of those deals where you are looking at. I just gave up a first-round pick to get this guy. We're going to miss the playoffs. Am I going to lose this guy for nothing, as well as the first-round pick that I gave up to get him? I have to sign this guy to save my job. Risto! Um, yeah, it's... um the, the ironic thing about that is uh, having Rasmus Ristolainen in your lineup is going to cost you to lose your job uh, at $5 million a year. It's, so. it's definitely one of those... Uh, Who's their GM? It's a Minnesota guy there. Fletcher? Fletcher. Won't be much longer. No. Definitely one of those panic memes where the guy's got the two red buttons to choose from. He yeah. doesn't know which one. April to... 29th, I think the season ends. Yeah. Uh, May 1st for Chuck Fletcher wow. if he's lucky. I was going to say, there's no way that managed ownership makes him, lets him make deals like this if they're going to fire him that quick. I think they're waiting to see what's going to happen in the next few days. Mm-hmm. Uh but, yeah, he's he's gone. Uh, Joe Pavelski. One year, five and a half million dollars for it. the 37-year-old. Love it. I don't mind it. Love it. He's going to take a step back one day. Well, he already has, actually. But he, uh, he still remains, like, arguably the best player on the Dallas Stars. Uh, sorry, forward uh, on the Dallas Stars. And they are a team that has Jason Robertson. There's there is an argument I think people have made where uh, people are skeptical to figure out who's actually driving each other's season there. If it's more Pavelski, maybe hasn't been as good, but Robert Robertson's so good that you know what I mean. Or if Robertson's good because Pavelski makes so many of those little plays. I mean, you watch them. He doesn't carry the puck or do much anymore, but he makes a lot of really little good plays. Uh, he's very good defensively. Um, I think worst case scenario, he's maybe worth less than this next year, but uh, it's one more year. Whatever. I think it's worth the risk. He's been so good for Dallas that, uh, like, he's played the best hockey of his career, arguably, in Dallas. So, like, I, I agree with everything. I don't, I don't know why Joe Pavelski wants to sign in Dallas. That is a sinking ship. There, is, there is that. They're, they're paying JB Ben nine and a half million dollars. And Tyler Sagan, oh, yeah. almost 10, yeah. I, I, I mean... Jeez, Alou. If you've know. got one or two more years left in you, I know you want the security you know, of a contract, but just, fuck, go to free agency. You're telling me you couldn't just sign with whatever team you want. Do you really need five more million dollars in the bank? I don't know, maybe no, you've got I, some problems, but... I get, I get that. I mean, you know, first off, he'll be tradable, you know, if, if they... Even if, at half retained, though. 
Like, I don't know if a team... Well, assuming he doesn't get worse, he's worth a yeah, hell of a lot more than 2.75. Like, he, like, he's worth five. Uh, but, I I don't know. Like, the thing with Dallas, like, I, I'm with you. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily have a ton of faith in Dallas. It looks like Dallas has some really good pieces right now, though, honestly. It, it, it's more so the, as you touched on, the Ben and Sagan thing, the uncertainty in net... But aside from that, like, Rupe Hintz is really good. Uh, Robertson looks like a legit star. And Miro Heiskanen has probably gotten as high as, like, third on my Norris ballot now. Mm-hmm. Like, he's fucking really good this year. So if Heiskanen is what you think he is, like, they have pieces. I I, I get it. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's outlandish to re-sign there. I think it's a stretch to think that they're winning a Stanley Cup next year. But, yeah. But I understand the playoffs next year, right? Like I, well, this year, I understand looking around you and being like, you know what? I could do this again. I, I get it. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's super silly, but it wouldn't be my choice anyway. Uh, Pavel Francouz, two years in Colorado, two million per. Yep, like it. I think he's a really good back. They like him. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and last one, we're gonna talk about uh, Thomas Hurdle. Yeah. Eight years, eight point one three seven five zero. Talk about looking around you and fucking <laughs> being like, "Oh, I want to stay here." Holy fuck, man! Like, like I get, I get being happy where you are. Like, I understand that. Um, you know, athletes hate leaving home. I like, I get it. They are in the worst situation, maybe, of any team in the league. Like, five years from now, they're going to be paying five players $42 million. And almost none of those players are any good anymore. Hmm. And you're going to be one of them now on this team making a shit ton of money. And we want to win now. That, that was the thing that blew me away. Did you see that one? Doug, I think it was Doug Wilson said that. Oh, the focus, or whoever's running the team right now. I don't think it was Doug Wilson. Uh, we want to win right now. Our focus is winning right now. Yeah, but you're not. You're not winning right now. And this brings you further away from it, honestly. Hurdle, great player. Like, don't get me wrong, great player. Uh, as your second-line center on a cup team, unbelievable. Even without these contracts, if he's their number one center. Uh, okay, what's what else is going on around there? You know? Mm-hmm. And that's without these other contracts they've got. Baffled. Baffled. What what a what a weird move. You're like you're telling me okay, even if all these guys even even if all of them go on LTIR, say all of them go on LTIR, and you free up all this cap space. What prospects do they have other than William Eckland? I can't name another fucking prospect they have. William Eckland, gonna be a good player, don't get me wrong. Who the fuck else is on that team? Uh, they got uh, they got that Aussie Weaslet. Uh, not crazy about him. Uh, they've got um, oh boy, um, twenty five year old John Leonard, Ryan Merkley, maybe. I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like you got Logan Couture signed up for five more seasons. He's thirty two. You've and, got Eric and he's Carlson. the least of their problems. <laughs> you got Eric Carlson tied up for five more years at 11 and a half. He's 31. Yeah. You got three more years of Brent Burns. 
He's thirty-seven. Like, like even Car- Carlson Burns, they've been they've been fine. Mark Edgeworth Vlasic. But at that money, Vlasic's horrible. Four more years. He's, he's thirty-four. He's horrible. Yeah. I don't know what's going on down there. Like, and like, not to shit on the dude, but like they're paying Kevin LeBanc nearly five million dollars for the next couple seasons. Like, you're just not getting five million dollars worth of hockey out of that guy either. No. You know, not 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 at this point. Fine player, but just not yeah, at that price. Like who? I I get it. In a couple years, based on all these red and blue boxes I see, they got to pay somebody. Yeah. But they're paying the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, good news though. They got three seventh round picks this year. So. Oh, good. Yeah, it should be fine. Yeah, you get plenty of Evgeny Nabokovs for that. Uh, we got to get to tip off here in a bit, but uh, Ooh, Vegas, let's go. Vegas Golden Knights making the playoffs or no? Fifty percent according to Dom's model. Let me get this in front of me. One point up on Vancouver, three points up on Anaheim. And They're in a playoff spot. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, by a point. Um, Dallas with a few. Fuck games though, Dallas, Dallas behind you. Dallas is behind them. Oh man, I don't like that actually. I didn't I didn't realize that. And Dallas has four games in hand. I sure do. Oh man. Now, with all that time that they've had to gain some ground, Dallas has lost three games in a row, but uh, Vegas has matched them with their five game winning uh, losing streak of their own. So, see, the other thing too about this question, uh, like the one team we didn't mention here is like Edmonton is also been really sketchy you know the streaky mons like they've won three in a row but like the, that other night against detroit was oh, a mess oh boy yeah um i don't i don't know i i i honestly think i think they're going to make the playoffs um but they do have a lot of issues that need working out the reason I think they're going to make the playoffs is I think uh, in the next five games or so uh, that Jack Eichel's going to get really comfortable. and um, The games I've watched with him in the lineup and, and what I've heard from people around the team, like Jesse Granger has said this too, um, like he's looked great. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't have the, the numbers. And, and I mean like... I didn't watch his debut, but I, I saw the stat line, and it's like one of the worst stat lines you could imagine for a guy making $10 million. I was like, well, that, that doesn't look good. But I've watched a couple of their games. He he looks pretty much like Jack Eichel. He's not super comfortable yet, but... But isn't that the problem, though? He looks good. At this point? Like, if, if you've lost five games in a row and you're sitting there saying, like, oh, yeah, but, you know, Jack will turn it around. Mm-hmm. No, Jack's playing fine. Mm-hmm. And you're still losing. Sure. That's even more concerning to me. But I guess what I'm saying is that I think once Jack Eichel is playing... I, I know I just said he looks like Jack Eichel, but he doesn't look like Jack Eichel. But I think once he's got that level of productivity going... I I think, anyway. But but you're definitely right to be concerned. I, I think they're going to make it, but Dom's right, 50%. I would be just as... Uh, like, I would believe it just as much if they missed the playoffs. Like we sat here last episode, maybe the episode before, talking about how you know the you know playoff spots are all but accounted for, save for maybe maybe Edmonton, 
mm-hmm. was the, the the concern that we have. Edmonton's looking pretty comfy now. A few games in hand, up on up on the guys behind them. I wouldn't you say know. they they should be comfy, sure. but but they maybe don't have as much to worry about as a team in their situation mm-hmm. would. In that division, I I I think you're you're not comfy, but you're feeling okay. I think some of the pressures come off you in Edmonton. Yeah. Winnipeg's looking like they're not going to just, you know, go to sleep. They got a couple games uh, looking pretty good uh, in a row here, putting some pieces together. They're only a point out, or I guess a win out from from Vegas at this point for the last spot. We talked about Dallas, you know, uh, and then you got Vancouver breathing down your neck. And Vancouver's a hot team. Last 10 games, they're making up ground. Keep yeah. it going, bring in some pieces maybe at the deadline. Like someone, so one of these teams is going to fool themselves into swinging big for the fences come Monday. One of them might pick up a game changer. And and now Vegas, because Vegas is is the one team that really can't do much at the deadline unless they're shipping pieces out. Yeah. they got no money. What, 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 are you, what are you guys going to bring in that's going to help you right now? There's there's Mark Stone would help you right now. But you can't afford to bring wow. him off ITR. I mean, any any of their like that's the other thing is they they need to get healthy is the problem for mm-hmm. Vegas. Like if they if they can get back two of the guys they have hurt right now, I think they'll be okay. But it's the fact that you have so many regulars out. Like like if Martinez were back, even you know. But Mark Stone, Alec Martinez, Ben Hutton, uh, Matthias Yanmark, Braden McNabb, Robin Leonard, Riley, Riley Smith, Max Pacioretty are all out right now. Hmm. That's hard. You know, yeah. Um, and he, like you even look at their lineup on paper, like yeah, I get they still have some of their regulars playing, like some of their good players, but like they're playing Nolan Patrick and Keegan Coldesire like fifteen minutes a night right now. Like they're fine players, but yeah, you're gonna lose some of the games if they're playing. A, a, you know, Nicholas Nicola is playing like close to twenty minutes. Not what you want. No, no. he's fine, but he's yeah. not great. I, I don't know. They, they are unfortunately a team with a middling lineup right now. But they do have the answers in their system. It's just how soon are these guys going to be back? Mm-hmm. You know, Like, I don't think we've heard anything about Martinez. It's a facial injury and we don't know anything yeah, more than that. He, he, got, weird. he got hit in the yeah. face and I, like, we don't know what the timetable is there. Pat Shreddy should be back any day. Good. They, they keep telling me that on my fantasy hockey. <laughs> so it's any day now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah, I mean, but you're right, like, Stone has been so good, and is, even cap space aside, probably nowhere close to being ready anyway, that's that's trouble for me, so, I, I don't know, are they going to make it 50-50, I would say. How have they not fired Pete DeBoer yet? Gerard Gallant had a bad practice, and uh... oh, Pete DeBoer shouldn't have been brought in in the first place. Oh, I would say, but I mean, like, we, like we we said it at the time too. The thing with Pete DeBoer, that was them swinging for the fences. I get it, but it didn't work, and now here we are with Pete DeBoer. That Pete DeBoer generally doesn't have as good results after a couple of years. Like every team he's been with, they just start start to middle out a little bit. Yeah, um, well, he's been here a couple of years now, mm-hmm. so. I don't know who's out there that they're hiring either too. That that makes the team better. I mean, just because Pete DeBoer's had a job consistently for thirteen years too doesn't make him necessarily that as good of a coach as I hear, you think uh, he is too. I but. hear the last couple of coaches from the Montreal Canadiens are available. Last couple. Oh yeah. 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 Bring him in as a tandem, maybe. 
Those guys get along, right? Ducharme and Julian, the, the two-headed monster. Fuck. I mean, Vegas fans would hate to watch it. Close Julian probably would fix his team a little bit, though. That's fair. Yeah. Wouldn't be fun to watch, but... Mm, would not be. Yeah, Jack Eichel. <laughs> 14 points in 20 games down the stretch, eh? Yeah. Oh, no, that's pretty good in Claude's system, honestly. Um... Couple quick notes uh, from from quick the notes. from from the uh, women's game. Uh, Eve Gascon is going to make her uh, debut in the QMJHL uh, for oh, the yes. Gatineau Olympics in yes. net on Saturday night. The head coach has confirmed uh, becoming the third female goaltender to appear in the league's history. So hmm. nice little story there. Yeah, like and that. the NHL has approached and requested uh, for the uh, PWF and the PWHPA. To formally meet in the uh, goal of reaching an agreement on one league uh, and and uh, pursuing uh, some sort of opportunity where the NHL can get involved and uh, bring some stability to the women's pro league, um, I think that's a nice move from the NHL. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know how realistic it's gonna it's gonna be to get to get these people all on the same page. Um, sounds like there's some pretty big divides, which is why we're we're in the situation we're in, but. Um, if they can make it happen, power to them. I'd, I'd love to see it. And uh, I guess we'll wait and see what the meeting uh, brings. Yeah. But that would yeah, be cool. It's, it's hard to say. Yeah, it, it would be cool. Um, you know, I, I have said time and time again that I have interest. I have interest in seeing a women's league, and my interest is growing stronger as time goes on. Um so, yeah, I, I hope that they can piece something together because I would really, really like to um, support some of the players that I tend to support uh, every four years is what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd like to watch Natalie Spooner on a full-time basis, I guess. That'd be I'm great. Yeah, that'd let's be, do that. That'd let's, be nice. Let's have some more of that. Yeah. Uh, top 10 is back. Oh, okay. It's let's been go. a while. It's an Irish top ten. <clears throat> ah, top, yeah, ten yeah. top ten jigs. Ah, yes. The Merry Potatoes jig. Yeah. Uh, I no. remember in Belfast, 1933. Uh, what's that um, What's that Saoirse Ronan movie? Brooklyn. Oh. She moves from Ireland there. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> that was an uh, anticlimactic review. Yeah. Bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Top it, ten it shades fine. of green. Oh. Uh, no. Ah. Yeah. Shamrock. Yeah. Uh, you you picked this one. I, I'm not really sure if you had a, a reason behind it, but top ten RLDP songs. No, I was listening to RLDP. Okay, I'm like, you know Great. what? I don't think we've talked about them on the show at all. Probably so not. I think I uh, I have to admit I have probably not listened to them in, in some time now. Not on purpose. Just 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 at all. Yeah. Really? Eh? Yeah, it's been a while. Hmm. Okay. But uh, yeah, top ten. So let's uh, let's dive into that uh, with uh, our RLDP top ten songs. Okay. Um, my number 10 is, uh, I'm not going to sit here and say that I think it's like a particularly amazing rock song, but, but what it is, is maybe your like perfect type of radio hit and outside of Canada, uh, I've, I've, I think is their biggest song as Mm. far as I know. Uh, my number 10 is uh, from Gravity, uh, Somewhere Out There. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I love the song. I'm not trying to shit on the song. It's it, 
was my favorite song like when I was a kid kind of thing. I loved it. Um, it doesn't do a ton of amazing things as a rock song, I guess is what I'm getting at. But it is like as good of a radio hit as you could have asked for in like 2003, I think. And there's something behind that anyway, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really them selling out. Like it was still, oh, this is still Our Lady Peace. It's just, uh, you know, a little more radio friendly, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a good call. Yep. Uh, number ten. Uh, all you did was save my life for me. Off Never the, been the uh, biggest fan. Burn, burn album. Hmm. Um, I think with a different title, honestly, it would do more for me. Okay. I just, I, I'm a sucker for songs where they, where the song titles like tucked away in a verse, or like, you know what I mean? Not even in the song. I like that shit. I'm, I'm a sucker for that. And what I don't like is long song titles where they say the title in the song. It just it just always bugs me. I don't know why. Okay. So it's just, I don't know. Our lawyers made us change the name of this song to avoid copyright. Yeah, like, it's part of the reason why I'm a Fall Out Boy sucker, for sure. <laughs> uh, no, just, I, I saw the band a couple of times around this era when this when this album came out. Ooh, probably a good live song. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I've got a soft spot for that album. But uh, yeah, so that's number 10. Is that Burn Burn? I do like Burn Burn. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated. Yeah, it is yeah. underrated, I would say. Uh, Signs of Life, great song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, my number nine, possibly a little off the board, off of mm. their... Uh, wait, I, I'm blanking right now. Is the album actually called Clumsy? Yes, sir. It is. Uh, off of their second album, Clumsy, uh, it, Big Dumb Rocket. Okay. I would say their most underrated song, because uh, it's not particularly well-known outside of like big Our Lady Peace fan um, fandom and, and and I don't even know if it was actually a single necessarily um, I'm looking right now no it, it actually was not on an album that had five singles really good like good it, it is one of the best collective efforts that the band I think has like just instrumentally fantastic catchy chorus lyrically uh, one of rain made his best works i love it weird as hell you think so eh? yeah yeah what is a big dumb rocket uh is it a metaphor it, it, it is but we, do, say? we don't need to go into it who's to say um my number nine is uh thief from happiness is not a fish you can catch good song um haunting ending yeah and uh yeah Always been a fan favorite of that. For, for Thief, my, for Thief was my number eleven. Mm. Thief's very good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Okay. How many times have you seen Our Lady Peace? Three times. Three, three, I think. Yeah. I feel like I know I've seen them at least twice because I was with you for both of them. Mm-hmm. I only really remember the one. I feel like I've seen them three times though, but I don't. I've seen them three times, and I've I've seen Mike Turner once. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> not with our lady beast. It it bugs me not to remember all three shows either because they're very good live. Yeah, like very good live. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll get to in a minute. Uh, one of my favorite versions of any song is a live version of of yes one of their songs. Uh, my number eight off of Healthy and Paranoid Times, which I would say is my favorite Our Lady Peace album. Will the future blame us? Mm-hmm. Uh, catchy song, just. Pleasant to listen to, uh, not necessarily because of the lyrical subject matter, 
but uh, it's just a very pleasant song, I, I think, uh, just in terms of the tune. and um, A song I've always been surprised has not had more radio play, but uh, it's good. I guess you're right. I don't listen to the radio. I don't know what they're playing these days. It's been a, it's been years. I look I've... at the charts a lot too, oh, right? But okay. like, yeah, I, I listen to the radio enough. Mm. Um, doesn't get a lot of play. Uh, number eight for me, Made of Steel from Gravity. Mm, good song. Yeah. Made of Steel. I'm not Made of Steel. Uh, now different than Made to Heal, of course. Oh, yes. Yeah, don't get those confused. <laughs> I very, have before. Very different songs. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gravity, I think it's it's that album that everybody knows, but um, I don't really know. It's tough for me to say as a fan of the band. I don't really know where this one falls in the, you know, hierarchy of, of, of the band, uh, especially on this album. Mm-hmm. Like, it gets stuck behind a few others that I, I think are more commercially successful. But uh, always been my favorite, you know, one of my favorites off that album. I think they are a band where within their fan base... Just a lot, like I think Our Lady Peace just, fans just generally love the band. Mm-hmm. Like you could say any song is one of your favorites, and I think a lot of people would be like, "Yeah, that's that's a good call." Yes, you know, like I, I think you're not wrong to say Made of Steel. Yeah, it is one of my least favorite songs off Gravity, but I love the song still. Like I love, I think Gravity's a, a great album. It's not their best by any means, but it's got a lot of, you know, hit worthy songs on it for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I could have put almost any. I could have put just all Gravity songs. Probably could have. There are a lot of good songs, yeah. but... Yeah. Uh, yeah, Made of Steel, good song. Uh, my number seven, off of... Ooh, I am blanking, and I don't have it in front of me. Let me let me, let me get it right here. Mm. I think off of Spiritual Machines, to be honest with you. Um, nope, so it must be off of Happiness is a Fish. Is not a fish that you can catch. It is. It is the first song off of uh, Happiness is Not a Fish that you can catch. Uh, One Man Army. Really, it's a banger, for sure. One Man Army's rocks. Yeah, like, probably their (laughs) heaviest song in a lot of ways. One Man Army is sort of the song for me, and it's mostly just because it's the first song on that album, but I know I've thought this before, where... You can kind of feel old Our Lady Peace really meet their their evolving, hmm. and I like it. that. That's another thing too. I think we should say about Our Lady Peace, or at least I'm gonna say, they get noticeably different from album to album. I would say throughout their career, yeah, they, they do evolve. Enough. Yeah, they're yeah. not one of those bands where they stay stagnant. Um, they try new things. This album is very much like clumsy meets gravity in a way for me. Like, I think it's all kind of there. Uh, but you're right. It's it's heavy, kind of like their older stuff. But it's it's poppy enough that it's a big radio play kind of thing, too. Great song. I, I think One Man Army rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven is uh, a bit of a caveat here. Number oh. seven is Navid. Oh. Off their debut album. Wow. Specifically the live version they do. Where they combine Naveed and Life into one song. Yeah, that's I, I'll, I'll that's keep, fair. I'll keep Naveed there on its own. It's earned its place. But if I get to pick a version, it would be the the combo with Life. Okay. Yeah, that way I get eleven songs on my list. <laughs> there you go. They um, they're very good at 
their set lists. Mm-hmm. Like that. Oh, that's yeah. one thing I'll give them is is you remember when we went to see and I'm not trying to shit on them. Actually, I don't even know. If, no, you were with me when we went to see Default. Yeah, a few years ago. Yeah, they're really good live. But the knock on them is they just play their songs as they are, mm-hmm. you know. And a lot of bands do that, and and that's fine. I want to see a band it's fuck a around. I want to yeah, see you mix I, it. I up. don't need to go and listen to the album. Yeah, and so, like, the, like I think Theory of a Dead Man was always kind of, you know, just pretty much it is what it is. They'll maybe change up the version, but they don't fuck around with the set list much. Our Lady Peace, you go see them, you have no idea what they're going to oh, do, man. You like, don't. you have no idea. They might leave out a big song. Who fucking knows? Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. You know, I like that. Uh, that's cool to me. Um, so, yeah, I, I get I get what you're saying. Speaking of mixing up songs, uh, my number six is Is Anybody Home? Mm-hmm. Uh, with the caveat that I prefer the first two verses acoustic, and then it ramps up at the end. Mm-hmm. As much as the studio version bangs as it is like i get it uh i still like the studio version like i you know it's the version i listen to the most them doing it live with rain Maida just coming out and doing the first two verses with an acoustic guitar and Pretty then cool. the band coming out and the crowd just kind of cheering waiting for the band to kick in one of my favorite live performances i've ever seen in my life mm-hmm. for sure mm-hmm. so uh, is anybody home? Great on its own, but fuck, does it ever bang live? As as most of these songs do. I'm yeah, told. that's yeah. that's true. Uh, Good six, band live. Don't know if we mentioned that. Number six is clumsy. Ooh, okay. Uh, haunting. In 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 some ways, my favorite part about this this song is that they found the broken piano in like the mansion or whatever that they recorded the album with, and. They were like, "Well, we're not going to pay to get it fixed, so we'll just make it work." And you, and, <laughs> that, and that's better. the and that's the beauty, right? Because yeah. you you can never find that sound again. No, it exists only in this song. Yeah, and uh, good for them. That's cool. I like that shit. I like weird things when bands. I'm like, oh, let's just fucking bang a tuna fish against the side of our hubcap and see what kind of sound we get. Mm-hmm. Usually, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Not to suggest that this is a tuna hitting a hubcap, but... Okay. Because a tuna is not a fish that you can catch uh, and find mm-hmm. a hubcap. Not here in Thunder Bay, anyway. No. You know, can't catch tuna here, no, as far true. as I, as far as I, I understand, so. anyway. Not likely. Big fish. Not likely. Uh, my number five off gravity is uh, Innocent. Hmm. Probably their their most famous song outside of Canada. Like I said, somewhere out there might be, but I, 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 I would imagine it's Innocent. Yeah. Um, for all of its hype and, um, you know, it for all of its hype, I guess, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, it, it is actually a very good song as well. Uh, it, it's, I would say, a song that gets played a ton on the radio, and I would say rightfully so. Uh, it's it's just it's very good. I don't really need to explain innocent. We've all heard it. We have. It's very good. It's very sad. Yeah, yeah. As Our Lady Peace often is. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they're not though. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the same album for my number five. Mm. Uh, it's all for you. All for you. First song on the album. Yeah, all for you is really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, another one where 
uh, the live version on their live album, uh, I can't get enough of. Mm-hmm. Starts the show. It's pretty cool. That's a good opener. Yeah, it really yeah. is. That's a good opener. Yeah. If I was putting together my my uh, not not a top ten list, but a uh, a set list a set for the piece, that'd be how we're starting night the night off for sure. Ooh, what would I? Oh, oh, I know what I would. Um, cool. Yeah. My number four is clumsy. Okay. For basically the reasons you said, uh, it is also um, within Canada, maybe their biggest song. Perhaps. I would say that one didn't travel to the states quite as much. It did not. Clumsy's very well known here in Canada. For good reason. It's a very good song. It's another one. Heavy radio play. Everyone knows. Everyone's heard it. Rightfully so. It, it is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is one of those bands... You know how sometimes you hear with bands where it's like, oh, you know, their biggest stuff's not even their best stuff. No, like, Our Lady Peace is also sort of obscure enough that their hits are still very good. Like, they're catchy, but they're also... There's a lot going on within them. Mm-hmm. Clumsy's great. Yeah. Uh, my only song from this album, mm-hmm. at number four, uh, Right Behind You from Spiritual Machines. Mm. Yeah. This is the album where... I always think that's on Gravity, but yeah, oh, no, yeah. It's, it's... This is an album good. that I, I I think is brilliant, mm-hmm. but it's hard to pull out single pieces. No, the album, it, the album itself be, is great. Yeah. But, yeah. It's, it's, some, it's a very Floydian... Yep production here where you need the whole thing to to work and taking it out piece by piece doesn't always work but this is one song where i, I really can just throw on and enjoy and banger yeah among the most underrated i would say I, too like oh that yeah. it is it is almost shocking to me that that isn't like a big well-known our lady piece mm-hmm. song. it's very catchy yeah. it's very good yeah 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 uh my number three is uh, uh off their debut album uh, Navid. Ah. Yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. It's really good. Uh, really good bass. Um, obviously catchy, but it. I don't know. Navid just does so many things for me. I'm not even gonna try to overexplain it. It's 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 really good. It's a great song. If you haven't heard it, listen to it. Go check it out. Go check out Our Lady Peace if you've never heard Our Lady Peace. <laughs> Amazing. You're yeah. still listening to this. Just writing down songs yeah. furiously eh? instead of downloading them. Uh, number three. Top three. Cool. Uh, Top three. One Man Army. That a boy. Yeah. That a boy. Fuck. That is... Uh, like, the the other two songs I have ahead of it are, like, a personal type of thing. Sure. Uh, number uh, One Man Army, I truly believe, is when, like, they reached the pinnacle of their... Musical abilities. Yeah, that's fair. They had all the right people in the right places doing the right things. They'd learned enough. They'd come a long way. Everything they've done since is fantastic. I'm not shitting on that, but it's it's experimental enough where it's <sighs> like, yeah, we're just kind of trying this, and it worked. Maybe it didn't. And this was the height of Our Lady Peace's power in my mind. You could make an argument for me that that's their best album. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I I think like that's... I don't think I actually, eh, I don't even know if I really have a ranking on how much I love their albums, other than I know I love Healthy and Paranoid Times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a good album. Great album. It's, it's really good. Like I almost do think of it as the quintessential album for them, mm-hmm. even though Spiritual Machines and Clumsy are so, and Gravity, are so well respected, well known. You know. 
there's tons of hype around them, but I, this is sort of the album I think of when I think of Our Lady Peace. I th- honestly, yeah. It's the stupid old man holding the fish. Yeah. Great yeah. album title. <laughs> I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, Cool. Good choice. Uh, my number two is Angels Losing Sleep off of Hell wow. Paranoid Times. Really? Uh, it is among my favorite songs of all time, mm-hmm. uh, of any kind. Um, the thing, the thing I thought with this one that, that the more I think about it, the more I put it up there is this song has sort of withstood the test of time among the best, I think of their songs in that if they put that song out now, if anyone put that song out now, I think it plays just as well as it did 15 years ago. And I don't know that you can make that argument with many rock songs ever. Uh, I think it was kind of ahead of its time, in a way. Uh, it also even sounds a lot like their newer stuff. It sounds a lot like their older stuff. There are a lot of elements to the song that I think are really, really good, but um, it just flows so well. From the moment that the guitar starts to play in the intro to the end, the song has amazing flow to it where it just kind of puts you in a mood and it's just it's just so pleasant to listen to I think uh, we've said this before live version also very good uh, good song live um, I've heard this one did they play it live when we saw them for sure yeah okay um, at least once anyway uh, I do remember that and I, it's on one of their live albums too I want to say the one in Montreal they do it live. That one's too... It, that album came up no, before. No, maybe not. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. They, they definitely do have a live... Anyway. Okay. Um, I believe you. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, and like the other thing too is like even for me, like just the sort of the cool note on it is when that album came out, it was not one of the biggest songs right out the gate. It kind of was a bit of a slow burn, that one. And uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. It's It's fantastic. Angels Losing Sleep. If you've never heard it. I have heard it. Uh, I do like it. Yeah. Great song. Uh, From the album with the old man holding the fish to (laughs) the album with the old man holding the birds, uh, my number two is Starseed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know more is coming, so I'll just say that uh, in addition to enjoying listening to it, I really like playing it on the guitar. It's a fun little tune. Yeah. A little jig to get going every day. It's, It's nice. A lot of fun. I'll save the rest for when you get to what I assume is the next song. Yeah, my number one is Starseed. There it is, yeah. Uh, Starseed is a rock song, ladies and gentlemen. That is is a rock song. It is one of my favorite songs of the 90s, I would say. Like, just even talking about good versus bad, anything. Any, Any country, anything of music released in the 90s, I think it's one of the best songs. Um... James famously knows the story. Uh, we go to see uh, Our Lady Peace, and I'm waiting for Starseed all night, yelling, play Starseed, and of course they uh, play Starseed at the end. Uh, you know, the, the intro is so good that it's just kind of like, what a what a way to open a concert that would be. And of, and of any band that I'm a fan of, songs that you should open a show with, Starseed is pretty high on the list. Like, it's just... Really, eh? It I find is. it to be the quintessential closer for It's them. good closer, yeah. too, though, because you're just waiting for that guitar. 
You're just waiting for it. Yeah. You know? But even the ending of the song is just such a like it rocks. And then he says over and it's done. And lights are off. Get the fuck out. It's uh I don't know. You can put it anywhere in the lineup. It's good. It's like Austin Matthews. It's yeah. Get him on the ice. <laughs> Yeah, Starseed's great. If you've never heard it, that would be the one song I would say for Our Lady Peace. You should uh, take some time and, and listen to it. Four minutes. Uh, number one for me, uh, in honor of St. Patrick's Day, Potato Girl. No. <laughs> oh, um, many potatoes! Yeah, there it is. No, from the same album, though. Oh, uh, come listen to Our Lady Peace, won't you? Number one for me is uh, Anybody Home. Yeah. Is anybody wow. out there? Is anybody home? That is fair. Yeah. I could um, get that. Um... Again, I talked about, like, I think One Man Army is probably the better song, but for me, I, I fucking love Is Anybody Home. Uh, probably the first Star Lady Peace song I remember listening to, like, really turned me on to the band from the get-go. Yeah. And it's 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 weird, like, the early stuff. It's a little bit heavy, like, that era that they got themselves going on with. Um, anytime I think about Our Lady Peace, that's the song that comes to mind for me, so... And then you got the you got the point about the acoustic intro, and that's a lot of fun too. So, what we're saying, folks, is turn this off. Is anybody home? And go listen to the is anybody wasting Um, tip off is in fifteen minutes, so we will leave you. Uh, thank you, everybody. Get the hell off my screen for your listens. I guess again, and uh, we'll we'll ooh. We're going to try for next week. <laughs> anyway, we'll see what happens. First week of placement for the boy here. Yeah, so. playoffs start for me too. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm not going to be thinking about much else until the beginning of April. So Good. Well, we'll do, how about we each do half an hour on our own at home and we'll just try to mesh them up and see what happens. That That's an idea. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Just don't just know combining what the other guy two is audio saying. tracks. Say yeah. hey, fuck. That's it. Wouldn't work, but that's a funny idea. Um, it's it's I guess entirely possible too that one of us uh, does an episode without the other one of us, uh, just to just to get something out there. It's something we've always talked about doing. We never really have done that. James did his solo episode with Asia, uh, the famous famously. Welcome to uh, Lace Up a Hockey Podcast. I'm James Cole here with Grade Six student Jackson. Jackson, <laughs> thanks for sticking around after class today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Jackson, it. do you play hockey? No. Oh, good. This will this will be great. I do a drunk episode with Turbs after we win the first round. Mm. Probably just would, as much. I would listen to that. Probably worse analysis than you and Jackson, to be honest. But yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. less coherent at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, guys, we gotta go. Ah, bye bye. Baby, psychics never
Is anybody wasting tears on loneliness that everyone Save us from it. Is anybody? 